Hello everyone and welcome to the Women's Golf History Podcast with me, Lauren Beatty, final year PhD student and non-golfing golf geek. Yes, you heard right, I'm not a golfer and until recently I had never even held a golf club. Despite my lack of golf talent, I love the history of the sport and especially the history of the women's game. On this podcast, I shed light on the largely hidden history of women's grassroots golf in Scotland. Each episode welcomes a new guest with a personal connection to the sport and its heritage, exploring the past, present and future of the women's game. Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 6 of the Women's Golf History Podcast. Today I'm joined by fellow Pfeiffer, Brogan Clark. Um, Brogan and I met back in 2020 at the start of my PhD when I was doing some background research for a documentary, Iron Women, which aired on BBC Alba in December 2020. And I spoke to Brogan then about her experiences of playing golf, um, being a young club golfer in Scotland. And I was just really inspired and fascinated by um, her passion for the sport. So Unfortunately, I wasn't able to interview Brogan as part of my PhD research because of the time period that I was looking at. Um, I'm ecstatic to have her on to today's podcast to find out a wee bit more about her experience playing golf and her thoughts on the future of the women's amateur game in Scotland as well. So, hi Brogan, welcome. Hello. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Um, I thought we could just start off by talking a little bit about what got you interested or motivated to start playing golf. Uh, yeah, well, uh, firstly, thank you for inviting me onto the podcast today. Um, I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure to speak about my experience. Um, yeah, so what first sort of got me started in golf was um, the fact that I lived on a, a golf course. So the fourth tee was right outside my back gate. And uh, my dad also played uh, golf as well, so he t- he would take me over. Um, and probably the with clubs that were were his, and they were too big for me. But um, yeah, just it was almost just naturally, like I just had a natural ability, um, and I picked it up really quickly. And I think when you get good at something, or you realise that you're actually quite good at something, it that's what motivates you to to carry on um especially golf because it's not the easiest sport to start off with um and yeah so it was it was more or less my my dad and staying on the golf course that was my motivation great and what sort of rough dates would that have been that you started just for context for listeners uh so I was about six or seven at the time so we're probably talking 2006 that I started off. Great. And uh, so obviously your dad was your inspiration. Um, do you think that's important, Brogan, having like um, a family member introduce you to the game, able to support you, show you the ropes? Yeah, I definitely think so in terms of, because golf's quite a costly sport as well. Um, and I think even to, to know someone who plays golf, to be able to take you on the golf course, because a lot of the times that... Um, what I've experienced whilst I've been a member, you get youth coming onto the golf course and their etiquette's not there. They're not really too sure um, what golf etiquette is and they're, they're too busy messing around. And it's a shame because it's you're trying to promote the sport to young people, but at the same time, when they are on the golf course and they're, and they're messing about and stuff, it, it's... 
it stops you from being able to promote the game to them um, because more or less you start sort of nagging at them and stuff. Um, whereas my experience was really good because my dad was able to show me straight away how to behave on a golf course. Um, and then I was able to get a membership um, because he was an adult at the golf course, um, which allowed me to, to go out with him uh, and some of his friends as well. And I got into the ladies section pretty quickly, which was good. And that definitely helped um, my golf etiquette and stuff like that. So, no, but in terms of my, my dad, um, he, he was a great support. Um, he got me clubs as soon as he seen that I was interested. Um, we went down to a place called Wells Green, uh, the driving range, and we got fitted and stuff. And I got shoes and um, a, a couple of wee tops, which I was... I think my dad was even quite surprised that there was a uh, girl's clothes at that time as well. Um, so I got a few wee outfits and um, they were they were all pink, of course, and uh, a pink panther head cover because I was obsessed with uh, Paula Kramer at the time as well. So, um, yeah. Oh, great. That sounds lovely, though. It's a nice way to be introduced to the game and... Um, I was just thinking when you were talking about etiquette there, could you maybe just explain to us a little bit some of the etiquette that you had to adapt to maybe for if there's non-golfers listening they might not be so familiar so just some of the sort of etiquette that you had to to learn yeah so well on the golf course it's very different you have to be you've got to be quite mature from a young age especially because there wasn't a lot of um girl juniors as such it was all sort of lady members um like 40 plus they were and it's it's a game that has always been where you should be silent when people are taking shots and there's certain places that you have to stand whilst people are playing a shot so you're knowing their eye line and things like this so when you're young it's it's almost you're constantly thinking when you're on the golf course because the last thing you want is somebody pulling you up and and I've had that before when I've been a, a junior um, whether it's just people trying to make a wee bit an example um, but yeah, and I've also played with people who have tried to make um, an example of younger people as well. And I think there's a way to say it. Um, and that's as well, I think, with young people, it's easy to put them off by being a bit crabbit with them and stuff, rather than sort of showing them where they should stand and what etiquette they should have on the golf course. But yeah, it's all just about being that wee bit mature for a young age and ensuring that you're... Um, being polite having manners and stuff as well um because at the end of the day you, you can pitch up and you don't know who you're playing with sometimes so you're playing with somebody new every every time so uh, it was that's interesting actually because one of the other um women that I've interviewed for this podcast Catherine Emery she was saying that she um feels that it's a really good way to teach juniors sort of um like you say, manners and discipline and, and you know, um, and things like that from a young age. So do you did you feel that? Did you feel for you it was a good sort of thing for you growing up? Yeah, definitely. And even throughout um, the amount of times that people have always said to me, I'm only 25 now, but um, they've always said, oh, you're, uh, you're so mature for your age. And this was probably from the age of like 12 um, upwards. And that was on the golf course that I got like compliments like that. Um, and just saying um, how good my golf etiquette is, like I've always been praised by it, and um, which is a good thing. But I think if you're playing any sport, you need you do need to to abide to the rules and the etiquette um, and ensure because 
you're going to put other people off their game and that's not fair either and it is all about um yeah so it's a it's really important to make sure that that etiquette is there yeah oh that's great um and so uh, were there many other girls that played when you played as a junior no so I was the only girl m- member at the at the club there was a I think the odd couple who joined but I think they just joined because the more or less maybe got pressured into it or they thought oh I'm going to give this a shot but then they weren't really interested it wasn't for them um but there was a lot of um, boy juniors at the at the club that I was that I was a junior at yeah and how were you how did you get on with them I actually got on really well the the junior section in terms of the boys were were really inclusive um they they included me and a lot of stuff, um, especially the junior convener at the time. Uh, he was really keen to get everybody uh, involved. So I did end up making quite good relationships with some of the boys. Um, it was good to see that they were including me because I, I did think that, oh, like I'm not too sure like if I'm good enough, especially being at that age. Um, it's hard anyway for sort of boys and girls to to get on sometimes, and especially in sport, um, and in golf because you play off different tees and stuff and different handicaps at that time as well. So, um, but no, um, I got invited to like competitions and stuff with them, um, so so that was great. Yeah, oh, that's really good, positive, <laughs> um, yeah. and. Was there the opportunity to play golf in school at all? Yeah, there actually was. From primary school, um, we we had that. Uh, it wasn't such like a an opportunity to to go out and play golf, but it was. We got um sort of like plastic, um golf sticks with, with balls and stuff, and it was um like a proper sort of um kit to get people started in golf but indoors um, and we also got the local professional from Lockgelly to, to come and give us a few lessons and stuff as well um, which was great and then going on to secondary school um, that was the same um, we got days to go and actually play golf up at Lockgelly um, where the, it would be the PE department that would take you and you could go up and also for my higher P exam I got to to do my um the physical side in uh golf so that was really good that I got to do my exam in golf because normally it was just a case of either um basketball badminton or football so it was good to be able to get that opportunity because I knew that I would be able to get the grades with playing golf as especially because that was the sport that I was that I was good at yeah no that's great it's really encouraging um, I was just thinking there when you were saying about the like when you were had it at primary school. I was wondering if maybe that was to do with because I know it was around about two thousand and eight. I think that the Scottish government introduced the club golf initiative, so it mm-hmm. might have been through that. And I think it was a lot to do with um, the golf foundation had something to do with it as well. And it was uh, a big initiative, I think, in Scotland. So very well could have been that. I don't know if you were aware at the time, but it could have been that. Yeah, I've I've heard of, heard of that, but I I'm not sure. I would guess so, um, because the the kit that we did get was 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 good stuff, yeah. um, and it it was it was to get people into the sport. Um, so I'm not I'm not too sure if it was that initiative or not. Yeah, well that's great though. 
And so what did your uh, friends think at school about you playing golf? I think through all my life, it's always been something that when you tell someone, they don't expect. Um, so from sort of school life up to work life, I've always had the same response. It's like, oh, you, you play golf. And, and it has changed through time. I'd say at school especially, like, um, both boys or girls, nobody really played golf. Um, it, it was a rarity, like, to meet somebody who did play who did play the sport. Um, but they were quite supportive because I, they, they knew that I was good at it, which I think helped because I, I was in the local newspaper quite a lot, and um, just because that it was where that's where you put all your achievements and stuff um, was in the local newspaper, so I was recognised through that. And I think then people sort of caught on to be like, oh, she's actually quite good at this, um, which was good. Um, but no, my my friends, my my personal group of friends were really supportive by it. Um, there would be the odd joke um, that I would get from people saying, oh, is that not an old man's sport? Or is it, it's, that's a waste of a good walk and stuff like that. Um, but I, I would just laugh that off. Um, but... Yeah, and I would always try to reinforce the fact that if you're good at it, it's a completely different sport to if you're not that good at it because you're you're trying to be the best that you can be and you're constantly trying to beat your yourself because at the end of the day, it's just an individual sport and it's it's you trying to get the best handicap possible. Yeah, so was for you, was the competitive element something that was really important then that spurred you on, like that wish to improve and get better and yeah definitely definitely because I think that for, I think for most golfers anyway it is it's that drive to try be as best as you can because it you sort of are playing against yourself all the time although you're playing in competitions and you're playing against others you're still playing against yourself to try and get the best to be the best that you can be yeah so is that what would you say you enjoy most about the sport I think as times went on, like I, I do really like the competitive side of it still, um, but I really enjoy the social side, um, the amount of friends that I've made from golf, especially probably since I joined uh, Fife County. Um, and I've just made so many friends through through golf that I, I see, not just on the golf course, but um, in my personal life and stuff now, which is great because we do all have that thing in common and a lot of people... A lot of my other friends, I can't talk about golf to, um, like I talk about golf with them. So, um, a group of us that all play golf together, and we're all in our twenties. Um, we all met up two weeks ago for the Solheim Cup and nice. um, celebrated that and stuff. So, uh, and that was great because yeah, I can actually sit and watch the telly, and you don't feel like you're being rude because you're all just watching it and you've all got something to say about the golf because um, you understand it. Whereas if that was my any of my other friends, then it would have been completely different. Yeah. Oh, no, that's that's great. That sort of shared interest. And um, yeah. it, was, it was something that came across quite a lot when speaking to women for my PhD research, actually, was the importance of um, the camaraderie, the social side. And it was interesting the way you've said that the way that the motivation changes because that's something that's really been quite apparent to me as well is that as you start off and particularly when you're younger obviously you're still very young but um there is that real competitive element and then sometimes that 
does change later on and you get more uh, into the social side or or see the other benefits the fresh air the the escape from busy day-to-day life I don't know if you find that do you find it like like a and are you able to switch off when you play golf as well I think golf's very much one of these things you just don't know until you get on the golf course you you might have a hundred things buzzing around you I know that um my work's quite demanding at times and if I sometimes I think oh is it should I go play golf or am I going to be thinking about the day that I've just had and then I go on the golf course and I never I don't give the day that I've just had I think and um sometimes that's when I've played the best golf is when I have been my stress levels have been a wee bit higher and stuff so I think it's just it it just depends on on the day um no two days are the same in golf yeah yeah oh no that's great I can I can totally imagine that like I think I've said this to you before that I'm not a golfer myself so um but that's something that's um that I've been told a lot by women that I've spoke to as well is that yeah like you say no two days are the same you're facing completely different challenges every time you play you might be playing on a different course the weather might be different or just the game might just end up being different or you know you play differently or whatever it is that so yeah uh, and have you faced any challenges would you say? Um, I, I wouldn't say any challenges is that that have sort of really like hurt me or like disappointed me or made me feel that I shouldn't be playing the game as such but I have I have come across like times where there has been like men like men especially who who have said um like who have made sort of more comments surrounding like women and and on the golf course and stuff like you sometimes hear in the pro shop if they've no quite seen you or or stuck behind a group of women or um oh, um, the ladies are out and they're medal, this is going to be like a, a long game and stuff. And you you do hear that. And I just, the thing that I love the most, and I think I said to you this last time, is standing up on the first tee and just ripping it and just hitting <laughs> a, a great drive. And that you can see their jaws drop. And that's, that's the satisfaction that I get, especially, that's a big part of golf that I love is, is um, no showing off as such, but showing off to those who have sort of made the the remarks and uh, yeah, it's good. It's good to sort of show them what what women can actually do. Yeah, definitely good for you. Quite right. Um, and do you think there's what like potential barriers do you think there are to women and girls playing golf? I think we are getting to a time where the generation who were a bit more sexist and when they had more sort of barriers for women playing golf like there was we've come so far even from the fact that ladies are allowed in golf courses now and they don't have to sit in a separate lounge and stuff and you can see it's totally evolving um but there is still a, a bit of stigma that it's still sort of a man's game and but I think in terms of the barriers it it still comes down to there's no enough girls playing. There there isn't enough um sort of advertising around um trying to get young people or women into sport and it's still very daunting to new people try to try the sport because if you don't have the equipment and or you don't know someone it's it's really difficult to then um introduce yourself to it. Yeah. No, I totally uh, appreciate that. 
And I was thinking as well, I think this movie comes into it slightly. Do you think, because you, you mentioned watching like the Solheim Cup and I'm um, um, sure you watch other golf as well. How do you think um, golf is sort of women, the women's games portrayed in the media? I think, well, like a clear sort of, if you look at even the Solheim Cup and the Ryder Cup, for example, they were one week apart and the amount of attention that the Ryder Cup got compared to the Solheim Cup was crazy. They're both on Sky Sports. They're both sponsored by um, corporate companies and stuff. But the Ryder Cup, because it is the 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 male side, of it just got so much more attention. And I, I reckon, like, I, I do understand it, but I think also that. The ladies' game is is great to watch. Um, so I actually prefer watching the ladies a lot of the time, just because their their swings are so much nicer and um, they just their shots are are almost more creative and stuff. Um, but I wouldn't say I prefer one to the other. I like watching them both, but I, I do still feel that there is a lot more attention on on the men's side of golf than there is on the female side. Yeah. Um... You mentioned Paula. Um, was she your main role model? Did you have others? She was main probably my, my main one. Yeah, uh huh. I just I think I loved her because she was she was so girly as well. She she because she always wore pink and um she always had like her hair in pleats and stuff and <laughs> she did. She brought like a a real feminine side to to golf and um and I I just I don't know probably because she was so. Americanized as well, and in, in terms of um, just how she portrayed herself and stuff. But no, I I, re- I really liked uh, Paula, and um, I love Rory McIlroy as well, which I'm sure most people do. Um, but especially after I got the chance to to um, scoreboard for him at the Ryder Cup in Glen Eagles, and I got a few selfies with him and stuff. I, I loved him oh, even wow. more after that, so that was great. <laughs> oh, that's amazing! So when was that? Uh, I think that was probably back in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a, a absolute great week, probably the best experience that I've I've ever had. Um, it was it was really good. That's great. And how did that happen then? How did you get involved in that? So I actually had to apply for it. Um, so I had to to write up why I thought um I I should get appointed to be a scoreboard holder and um. So I, I got accepted and I got to take my dad along with me as well um, because oh, nice. I was just a junior and um, we went up to Glen Eagles for the week and each day we got put with um, a, a new group and it was just great. I met like Jordan Spieth, um, Phil Mickelson, um, a whole load of others um, that were playing and it was it was just great, like especially the Ryder Cup atmosphere because they're a lot more relaxed. There was a point where I was sitting next to Phil Mickelson and his wife and things, and they were just asking me about my golf, and it was a surreal experience. That's incredible. So cool. Can we talk a wee bit about your amateur, sort of, like how your amateur career uh, developed and how, you know, the sort of maybe the competitions you played in or how that sort of progressed? I started off as a club golfer. Um, I always tried to play in a lot of junior um, stuff, whether it be, and a lot of that junior stuff was in the club or it was um, against other clubs through the junior convener. Um, and then it was it was short after that because I got good at it and I was able to 
to play with the women because I was of a, a, a level of ability. Um, I started playing a lot with the ladies and their competitions. And then I found myself into um, the county as a junior. And then that sort of opened up a whole load of um, competitions. And just th- that was different because there was more like match plays and it was completely different sort of competition. It, it felt a wee bit more serious. Um, but, and it was also good because you were playing with girls your own age, which was um, one of the biggest factors. Um, and then I moved up to the, the ladies' section of the county and I also got um, picked for the Scottish Golf Academy. So I was in that um, for a, a few years. Um, however, I, I chose to go to university um and I chose my career over golf as well. A golf scholarship did interest me in America, but um, when I sort of spoke to my parents, I, it it wasn't my heart wasn't in it. It wasn't what I wanted for for my future. Um, and so I went down the route of education and just putting golf on a sort of back burner, um, and having it as a serious sport like hobby that it's always been. Um, so so yeah, and. If, if, Probably from then, since I went to university, um, I played a bit at uni and the uni team, and um, I, I've just really I've, I'm back to being like a club golfer, but more or less I just love socialising. That's the biggest part of the golf now is the social aspect. Um, is that my friends all my friends all play um, in terms of golf friends, so so it's good that we'll have like we'll meet up and we'll go for a round of golf and then we'll come in and we'll have something to eat and stuff. Um, and it, and it's good for, for that aspect. But I am still, as much as I say that I'm a social golfer, I do like the competitiveness and I, I do enjoy playing in the, the county jamboree and um, other county games that we have. I, I do like the competitiveness. And I, I think I'm such a competitive person that I'll always have that competitive drive. But um, for me now, it's all about enjoying golf rather than forcing myself to play it. It's definitely I want to I want to step on the first tee, wanting to be there and wanting to enjoy it rather than it being forced. Yeah, no, that's understandable. Um, and I was thinking as well when you were saying about that. How does it feel to compete? Because you said you obviously you still like that competitive side and you still get involved in obviously your club medals and your um, the county jamboree and things. So how does it feel? Could you describe that for us a wee bit, what it feels like to compete? Yeah, I think, well, every time I stand up on the tee in a competition, you, you do get that rush of adrenaline, you get that nervousness and you get that buzz and you need that if, if that, that shows that you're you're up for it. Um, I do I, I get that every time and I still stand on the tee every time just thinking just hit this ball like, make sure it goes make sure you get a good one and you don't scuff it or whatever and I think that goes through a lot of people's heads so when you get up to a first tee and it's you have to take an iron off it or something it's the, the worst fear all you want is your driver in your hand because you know it's going to go somewhere but um, no I, I do I look forward to competitions and even like on the run up to them um it just it makes me practice more um it makes me a lot more focused um so so yeah it, it gives you something to work towards yeah definitely and what about your um 
sort of routine. Like I'm sure it's changed uh, over the years, but um, can you talk a little bit about that and sort of when you played and maybe who you played with and how that's maybe changed and you can bring it up to now if you like. Yeah, I so when I was a junior, it was more or less um, sort of Saturday, Sunday, um, and a Wednesday because that was the the uh, medal um, at my club at that time, and then I would maybe go to um, a driving range with my dad a few nights a week. We done that quite often, um, and that we more or less done that because we really, I really enjoyed spending time with my dad at the driving range, and um, it wasn't like it was being forced upon me. It was I wanted to go because even the car journey would be fun. We'd put the colours on and stuff, and we'd be singing along, and it was it was all the wee things that went along with it, and uh, so. So no, so I I played most of my golf probably at the weekend, but now um, because of uh, working stuff and and working shifts, it's a uh, results in when and when I can play. Um, but I I do try play uh, Tuesday night medals and then at the weekend as well. So it it just it depends. Yeah, oh, that's good. Um, so you playing tonight? Uh, no, not tonight. I've got <laughs> no. a puppy to look after. Oh yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah, Brogan's got a very cute. Uh, is it eight week old puppy? Yeah. Uh-huh. That I just got to got to see. So uh, yes, very cute. Um. Anyway, back to golf. Before <laughs> I get distracted about puppies. Um. Um. Are you happy sharing your handicap at the moment? Just for context. Uh, yeah, uh, so since the new World Handicap System came in, um, it's, it's, it's not the best, but I, I went up quite a lot. I went up to, to 7.8, I think it is, so I was 3.9, and um, overnight I got an email saying that that was my new handicap, and I've just not managed to make much progress on it this year, um, just due to, to playing... Um, match plays and mixed competitions and stuff but um, it's definitely it's given me motivation for the winter to, to get practicing and get that handicap down next year. Well, that sounds pretty pretty good handicap to me so don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I'll start worrying maybe if it creeps up to the double figures again but uh, I'm still happy with playing off a of, of seven. Yeah no, I would be as well. Um is there anything that you think needs to change in the women's game or anything that you would change? And maybe talk about the amateur game, maybe, since that's... Um, it's probably This is probably something I just subconsciously think about rather than sort of voicing it a lot of the time. It's, I, I think they're, they're def, as we move forward just in general, there's more of a focus even on like gender-neutral tees and stuff as well now. So we also have that to factor in, um, and that's a big thing. So it's it, it's almost like we're we've come to the women's part. We've we've mastered that almost, but now we've got another thing that that's cropped up, and it's all about how we manage that and how we make it a a fair sport for everybody, and especially with. Um, non-binary and stuff and the gender neutral situation it, it is it's it and I do believe that we're going to have to come to that point pretty soon because it's it's no fair that 
you turn up to a golf course and you can either play off the men's tees or you can either play off the women's tees, um, especially if you don't identify as as either. So as I think in terms of we're not just looking at what we can do for women now, it's what we can just do for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's a really important and interesting point as well. And I think there is, there's a lot on that in the media. You know, I've read quite a bit about it and, uh, you know, about um, tees and, and whether they should be, be gendered and really should they not be sort of more ability, like you choose what tee you play off of based on what you feel comfortable rather than, you know, them being labelled at all, you know. Yeah, totally, because that's happened quite a lot, like where if, if I've went and played with um, like work colleagues or whatever and um, who have been men and um, we pitch up on the first tee and they're like, right, um, you're playing off the yellows though, eh? you're playing off the men's tees and automatically I think, I am because I want to beat you fair and square, so I'm <laughs> going to play off the men's tees and I always do, but I also think that it's just why do we have... That should really be a question, and I think that's that's where we need to get to where we pitch up to a golf course and we say, "Oh, we're playing off the red, yellow, or whites tonight," rather than it being right. So we'll play the reds, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's women's tees. It just makes the course a wee bit different because we're making it shorter. But yeah. that would then challenge them because like, it would challenge men as well because they're not used to playing off a shorter course. So yeah. It's things like that as well, and I have played a few golf courses that have went to gender neutral tees, um, and instead of them being red or blue, um, it's green, um, but uh, yeah, it's we're still a long, a long way away, I think, from from that being introduced correctly. Yeah, I think that's really important, a really important point that you've highlighted. So, so uh, thank you, thanks for that. Um, I don't know if you have anything else that you want to share. Maybe have you got any sort of memorable experiences that I've not touched on? Maybe your most memorable or something that's really sticks with you from golf? I mean, I've got a few, eh, but touching on some of them, um, it's probably my very first competition. Um, it was called the Tiny Tigers. Um, and I always remember um, it was along at Salon Golf Course. and. Um, me and one of the other boys from the uh, Loch Gelly, we went along to it with our dads and um, we both won it and uh, we got our pictures taken and then got put in the local newspaper and stuff and I just remember how I was I was so ecstatic and I was just, everything was pink, my golf bag was pink, <laughs> what I was wearing was pink, everything was pink and um, it's, it's funny how things change now because all my golf stuff's red and black um, <laughs> I've, I've totally changed there's no a bit of pink to see in sight on, on any <laughs> of my golf stuff now um, but uh, another another things that I, I've been proud of during my um, throughout golf is probably um, winning the Fife County um, Jamborees as well um, they're team events and it's just great to, to be part of them and, and win with alongside all your your teammates and stuff so so that's been great and getting to Scottish finals and stuff uh, with the team yeah no it sounds like you've had some great experiences lovely memories um just maybe to finish up then what what would you say to women or girls that are listening that are quite 
keen on giving golf a go, uh, what would you say to sort of to encourage them? I would definitely say just give your local golf course a, a, an email or um, a phone call and see if you could speak with the lady captain because I can guarantee that every lady captain would not turn anybody away um, and I know that all the lady members are, are more than willing to to support and, and get ladies into golf and girls into golf um, and you don't need to have golf clubs, you don't need to have golf shoes, you don't need to have a fancy glove or anything like that as a case of someone else will provide that for you to, to get into it. Same if you go to your local golf range, there's always clubs lying around um, that you'll be able to get a shot of. Um, and it's just, yeah, just don't be afraid and just try just try it because it's, it's great. Yeah, I can hear a little puppy. <laughs> I think she's dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> well... There you have it. So if you've been listening um, and you want to take up golf, do it. Uh, take Brogan's advice. Get in touch with your local golf club um, and, yeah, give it a go. Um, I know that I want to give it a wee bit more of a go. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, Brogan, that I, uh, the listeners that have been following this will already know this story, but I gave um, I went to a driving range and I had a wee shot and it was my first time and I was awful. I was really bad and it felt it felt so alien like just even trying to get the grip and the swing like I couldn't I was I was like a pendulum I was like so awkward like I couldn't seem to swing the club prop it was just oh so I need to give it another go essentially so well maybe the next time that we speak or I see you then we could be on the golf course (laughs) yeah yeah that sounds good yeah yeah that sounds good I might take you up on that actually get some uh, get some tips um but no thank you so much it's been really really great speaking to you again Uh, lovely to see you again as well um and I'll um yeah I'll let you go get back to your puppy (laughs) perfect no thank you again thank you Thank you everyone for listening. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. On the next episode, I welcome Kathy Panton-Lewis to the podcast. Kathy's a founding member of the Ladies European Tour and former LPGA Tour player and also the daughter of the late John Panton. On this episode, Kathy shares some of the highlights from her impressive amateur and professional golfing careers. Please like and subscribe. All the links to where you can find us are in the podcast description. Please also feel free to get in touch if you have any questions, comments or recommendations for future episodes.